special episode of the Last Game Podcast, where we'll be talking about one of the greatest methamphetamine TV shows of all time. You're goddamn right, it's the Breaking Bad episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Last King Podcast. Tuco was right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not stepping on me for the first time. Stepping on you? Stepping on you? Yes, of course. This is the Last King Podcast. <laughs> there so, we yeah. go. Okay. Well, I, I was waiting like, why is everyone so quiet? This like, is normally the, they're talking all over me at this point. Well, you know. Well, to be fair, that delivery was kind of chilling in a sense. So. Chilling? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Brian Cranston, for appearing for a very slight moment. How do we afford him to appear in this? You know what? How do you take the space shuttle from the oh, yeah, we're in space. down here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we're in space. And then going back again just for that. Two second segment. That's all I like to hey, ask. Hey, it's still longer than when he was in Godzilla. Okay, good point. <laughs> yeah, very good point. And there's going to be another Godzilla movie. Have you seen The King of the Monsters? Oh my trailer? god, the I watched that fantastic. trailer so many. I don't know. It's, I know it, I shouldn't judge a film on this trailer, but god damn, with they made Mothra, m- King Ghidorah, and Rodan coming in. Mothra with- looks beautiful. Yes. And terrifying. Yeah. But King Ghidorah is basically just some it's shit just in the closet. Yeah, but. I rather they not reveal the monster till later in the movie anyway. I mean, so. that was one hell of a scary silhouette. Yeah, yeah. You know the scariest of all? Yeah. Eleven. There we go. <laughs> she's yeah. in that movie. Millie Bobby Brown. Yes. Yeah, she's. I think Playing she's gonna be that girl talking to the monsters or Playing something. Playing the daughter of the woman who I think is waking up these monsters. Yeah, Vera Farmiga, the, if I recall. Yeah, that's what the trailer is suggesting. Yeah. Again, I would still prefer Sofia Vergara to be like in this Godzilla movie. Oh no, it's Godzilla! It's <laughs> <laughs> Mothra! Oh no, it's King Ghidorah! <laughs> Yes. I'm Sofia Vergara. Well, she's easy on the eyes, so yeah, sure, why not? Easy on the eyes, not on the eardrums, eh? unfortunately. <laughs> no. Okay, and then okay, of course, you know, why are we talking about Godzilla? Speaking of large and green, I don't <laughs> know. Let's talk about the van. Let's talk about. It's not really a van. What's it called? Uh, the the trailer. The Winnebago, right? The no, Winnebago. Winnebago is the brand. This is the uh, Last King long overdue ten year anniversary celebration, uh, paying respects to probably one of the most genre-defining TV shows ever. We're, of course, going to be talking about Breaking Bad, everybody's favorite show about chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Science, bitch! It's and the, the consequences that come with it. It's the one that, that HBO let go. HBO Ooh. turned down this script. Yeah, and then AMC were the guys who took it over, right? Showing yeah, and which everything. Which is why, plenty of swearing, no nipple. <laughs> there was in the there first was in show. the first episode. In the first episode. When Jesse was escaping from the, the house and then like hot some Mexican random woman, yeah. woman just topless yeah but that wasn't an AMC that was I think the pilot was someone else really no 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 it was still What's AMC in the site I yes. think they allowed one nipple per, per show yeah not be- per season because <laughs> same with Walking Dead there's been not a single nipple well I'm pretty sure all these zombies have nipples underneath their clothes yeah probably you know <laughs> little raisinettes what are we talking about zombie raisinettes boys and girls we're gonna be talking about Breaking Bad uh Culturally defining show ended its run exactly like in, in 2013. 2013. Yeah. yeah. So it's been five years since we've been free of the Breaking Bads. Brian Cranston has moved on to an illustrious film career, kind of. I With don't know. the Power Rangers, I believe. And he was in Godzilla for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Once in a while, he'll appear in like in a really amazing, uh, like like George Clooney style movie where he plays like you know like this guy. <laughs> well, he tried to win his Oscar with Trumbo. You think so? And he's still... He was close, right? But he's got to get his paychecks, so that's why he's in rom-com. He's still making money from the syndication of Breaking Bad, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he's still making money from the syndication that is Malcolm in the Middle, sir. Oh, yeah. That was was the first juggernaut of his career. And Seinfeld, because he was in more than one episode of that. He played the dentist. He had some of the best lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, very famously, uh, one of the few side characters to actually make uh, Jerry Seinfeld remember him and ask him to come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So there you go. So uh, Brian Cranston, a uh, long illustrious career before and hopefully after. Speaking of long illustrious careers after, Aaron Paul. So um, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was in that Need for Speed movie. Yeah, main yeah. character, and also that uh, Final Fantasy fifth, uh, thirteen King's fifteen Clive. movie, King's Clive. King's Clive. Yeah. Clive. Yeah. yeah, where he played the the glaive. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I think he's played a guy called Nix. Yes, I Nyx, totally yeah. forgot about that show. Yeah. The only thing I remember was the giant monster at the end. That's it. There was a giant monster in the end? Yes. Uh, someone summoned it, Final Fantasy style, and, you know, combat and fantasy shit. Was happened. it the Bah- or uh, it, was, it was an ultimate weapon of sorts. Long yeah. story short, Final Fantasy movies are shit. Kind of. Kind of. Name uh, one good one. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I didn't like it that nah, much. That's it basically was a retread of FF7. Which is what I liked about it because, <laughs> you know, you know what? Oh, so that's what Cloud looks like when he's not made of triangles. <laughs> so at I least... So. The, why are we talking about Final Fantasy? The we should, did look good. We though, should be talking so. about the ultimate fantasy and that is making millions of dollars selling uh, drugs to children. Yeah. Jesse, we're going to cook. We're going to cook, Jesse. Yeah. So like, yes, a very off uh, brand for The Last King. Usually we're a very wholesome network here, <laughs> providing nothing but quality content that is family you friendly. You almost had a straight face for that. <laughs> almost. I almost had a straight face. Yeah. And just like uh, Mr. Walter White himself, I shall do my evil turn. You shall least expect it more. Ha ha ha. What well, do you mean evil turn? it with the theme of family. I, I'm already evil. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like I think would that have surprised the Last King fans if all of a sudden I just did uh, like, oh, a kitten, I shall give it to home. <laughs> that would surprise people more. Yeah. Really? If you had a Zuko turn, that'd be more surprising. A what turn? <laughs> a Zuko returns. Zuko turn. What was a Zuko turn? From Avatar. Oh. Shout out oh, to right. our uh, Avatar special. Yeah. Which also came out this year. Yeah. Please just do that. Yeah, please it's, do. It's, 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 we, we, we put a lot of ourselves into it. Yes, we did. And uh, so speaking of uh, Breaking Bad, uh, we shall be talking about um, the impact it has on TV in general. Because it, like... It, I would say this is like before Game of Thrones. Like this was the show to it watch. It was about the same time, I would say. You think so? Uh, Game of Thrones was probably a year later. It was much later. 2010. Like before. Yeah. Oh, like, come to think of it, two years later. Yeah, yeah two years later. So it was like it was 2008. Bef- before even Game of Thrones was a, like, like a spark in the idea of some showrunner. Yeah. Like Breaking Bad was already in its second season and it was already... I pretty much realized that this... Maybe Dexter, and at that time, maybe okay. Of course, I think people were kind of. I think the wire off, had just finished, and people were coming time. off like shows like Lost. Yeah, and then oh, Lost was finished at the time, two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, and then people were kind of yearning for another binge-worthy show, and then yeah. like, hey, prayers were answered. Who would have thought that a movie starring the dad from Malcolm in the yeah, Middle, starring Hal, of all people, yeah, yes. him, you know, Hal, and then like how he be- slowly became the most powerful and evil drug kingpin of yeah. Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From a family man with problem with cancer problems to that what you just mentioned. To exactly. Heisenberg. Yeah. I would say like probably one of the greatest supervillain origin stories of all time because you're super empathetic with him and then slowly you realize within your own morality, oh my yeah. god, you gotta I'm hate rooting this guy. for this guy. I'm yeah. supposed to not That was him. great to watch all these people like, oh uh, you know, fuck everyone who's trying to like, hold him down. I was like, Yeah, get your money, man. Yeah, it's like you know you're rooting for one of the most evil people, right? You yeah. know, he's selling drugs to children who die from it, right? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And then also at the same time, uh, also a lovely, I would say, like very father-son surrogate kind of situation with him and the Jesse character. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, like, the thing is, these two guys are the linchpins of the shows. And Absolutely. watching them, like... And uh, it was entirely from just the first episode because originally Jesse was going to die very yeah, early on. I remember that. But I think they liked the actor a lot. Yeah, because Aaron Paul just was such a perfect foil to... I would say that yeah. more. Because I, I wouldn't say people liked the character, but they would 
they kind of appreciate the fact that that was maybe the Walter White's character only last chance at humanity because the, it, you can kind of see he's like like one of the kind of uh, the cliche I won't say even cliche like the trademarks of the show is like why do you do this I'm doing it for my family yeah, yeah that's he doesn't the thing care you about his family yeah. at all he, he always says that but yeah. he justifies it he literally he ignores at the his very like, last, disabled son yeah, in the yeah. very last episode he says he confessed he admits he did it because he enjoyed it oh yeah again spoilers for a show that's been around for over 10 years alright I'm gonna say right now if you haven't seen Breaking Bad fuck you watch <laughs> don't it watch it no no don't fuck you we love our Last King fans but seriously watch it we're a family it. show yeah. sir yeah. speaking of family yes. but I mean uh, yeah, Vin but Diesel please, what are you doing here Vin Diesel no, Vin Diesel be like, we're a family um, back, back to the shuttle family. Vin Diesel yeah, back to the shelf shuttle shuttle I was gonna say <laughs> we the rock anyway so I would say um Oh, what did you? Where was I going to go on this tangent? Hey, you guys, uh, thank you. Sorry, the deep voices. Yeah. Deep voices. Anyway, so I would say this: like, um, one thing I loved about this show, especially, is like, it's one of those few shows where you can actually see how hard it is to dad, especially yeah. if you're a drug kingpin. You know, <laughs> to juggle two families and the, is, like, one. And the choices this this man makes, because like it's been kind of brought to a th- like brought to the forefront several times that Jesse is more of a hindrance. But yet, somehow, like, you always ask yourself, why does he still keep him around? Like, there was an entire moment where we replaced him with an even better chemist. Yeah. yeah. And he still chose Jesse. A guy named Gail. Yeah, Gail yeah. something, yeah. Amazing music video, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I miss Gail. He was my favorite. Till Jesse killed him. Yeah. Again, spoilers. Spoilers. For a show that's been around for over a decade. You can watch it all on Netflix right yeah, now. Yeah, all five seasons are on Netflix. I think they were like simultaneously releasing near the end as well. Because mm. I, I think after it was done, I think Big Breaking Bad was watched a lot as ever since Netflix picked it up for every single time it was on. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, also at the same time, we also have to mention the fact that, you know, it also survives as a spin-off series in Better Call Saul, yeah. which like a new season is going to come right around the corner. Season four, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I fell off around season two. Really? I'm kind of tempted to get back in because it, it's good, but it's just there is so, so many much other stuff to watch now. I kind of want to wait until it's over, then I can just binge it through. You want to do just that? Just like I do with Big Breaking Bad. Mm. Yeah. You know what? All those moments when like Saul mentions that he would like like to live off his life as like a manager at Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That happens <laughs> in yeah. Better Call Saul. You actually see that. Yeah. Oh, there hey. were flashbacks of it. I remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not, not flashbacks. Just so the first like, episode starts yeah. with him being a manager in Cinnabon. And it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like for a lot of people, like so, Better Call Saul. I mean, which is probably popping on a lot of people's Netflix uh, to watch. Like you know, you know, recommendations. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, skip that for now. Watch the original Breaking Bad because I know for a lot of people, like Better Call Saul is technically a prequel. Yeah. Which sets up like the characters for like the the, the actual Breaking Bad show. Yeah. And then you even have uh, what's the name of the guy who gets blown up anyway? Uh, uh Gus. Gus. Uh, Gus, right? Like like he pops up here and there. Mm-hmm. And then even what's the uh, old Michael as well. Mike 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 Mikey Mike. was an old guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, gravelly voice dude. <laughs> yeah. Who had Jonathan the best Banks. and uh, one of the best death scenes too. And like even he pops up and then it's like. As much as like, okay, maybe cr- chronologically it would make sense to watch Better Call Saul than Breaking Bad. Skip Better Call, Saul, Better Call Saul. It doesn't have the same impact if you watch Better Call exactly, Saul Exactly, because then again, like the thing is, Better Call Saul, I think one of the reasons why you mentioned that it's like not say something you need to watch is because it kind of is surviving off, you know, like... You if know, you want to delve into the yeah. Breaking Bad lore before all that shit with watch Walter Breaking White Bad. happened, yeah. Yeah. you kind and of, also, you, you, it's okay to watch Better Call because Saul. Much as but you still need Breaking Bad. You need to watch that first because then, like, the thing is, the context is lost. Yeah. Because when you see all these other characters like Gus appear, right, then you like, 
like why is this guy such a big deal why does everybody act differently around him because we established that somewhere else yeah and uh, also because much as Saul Goodman is great he is still a fringe character to the greatest story that is the rise and fall of um, Heisenberg yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and also I'll say this right you know what uh, Mr. Odenkirk surprisingly like, like funny guy in real life I mean I love his show especially the one that's kind of being revived right now on uh, uh, Bob and Dave right yeah. with Bob, Bob and Dave with, no with David Cross himself right yep. yeah like the, the Mr. Show Mr. Show basically the reboot of the Mr. Show and yeah. then like the thing is right that's my uh, introduction to uh, Odenkirk yeah same here Mr. Show it's like when I would watch Mr. Show and then like okay so which is strange because when I would watch something like Breaking Bad it's one of those few occurrences where like we're gonna cast against type and it's yeah, gonna yeah. work and you're gonna be blown away by how well we do this because it's like, okay, again, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle is the lead antagonist yeah. slash protagonist. And his lawyer friend is, that's that's the guy from Mr. Show. Yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised when I saw him like in the second season, like as that battle, the episode called Battle Call Saul. Yeah, and yep. his sidekick is the guy from Price is Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, wow, this show is too, this show gets good very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe... I mean, as maybe we should start with just the general synopsis about the, not only how the show was introduced to us, but maybe give like maybe a, a few sentences as to why you think like this is probably should be put in the higher echelons of televised viewing. Yeah. Because it portrays the fall of a man really, really well. Like when he's that the rise to think, power, right? rise to yeah. power. Yeah. But just when he thought he's at top of his game, he sort of slips up, and then the shit just calls back to him in the fourth. No. Sorry, in the fifth season especially. It reads like a Greek tragedy almost. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a Greek tragedy. I would say also like the fact that it builds up to a crescendo perfectly. Yeah. Because like a lot of people kind of complain about the final season, about how it's all about tying up loose ends. But well, it I does it, it perfectly. Yeah, yeah and also it that. had the right kind of antagonist for wrapping stuff up. Yes, definitely. Because you needed someone who was virulently unlikable. And what better than Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> what better than red hillbilly Nazis? Like, yeah. Who killed your brother? You could tell <laughs> this was made in 2013. Because if this was made in 2016, uh, we would have had people saying, they're not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us work on the Border Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> or in Sicario, Dale Soldado. Please check out that episode. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Whether it appears before or after this. I can't remember. Who We're knows? in a different timeline right now. Yeah. So how about you, Mr. Tom? Where was the first time you saw Breaking Bad? I first started watching it because I got a Netflix account in around 2011, just when I started university, uh-huh. because they were at a, a deal for students at the time where I think it was uh, six pounds a month at the time. So much cheaper than what it is now. And I was just like browsing until it came up. And I remember people talking about it online saying it's a great show. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a chance. Then I watched it for a bit, kind of fell off when I came to Singapore for studying. Oh, so you kind of stopped halfway? I stopped around the beginning of season three. Uh, the episode where they have the mariachi singing about uh, Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. was a weird uh, beginning. Hey, everything has a full episode. Yeah. And then just got back into it hard in my final year in university because I other friends who are hard into it. And we watched the last three episodes together. And that's when you did all the best drugs in your life, sir. No. Mm, uh, some pretty good okay, weed. Probably, probably not crystal meth, but yeah. Probably not crystal meth. Nah. That shit will kill you. Any of you guys have chance? Meth isn't that big meth? in the UK, actually. It's very hard to make and very hard to sell, sir. Yeah. Very big in Indonesia. Don't I'm ask sure me why I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the UK, it's all uh, weed and cocaine and um, hallucinogens. Basically, ecstasy and all that. Yeah. So, uh, MDMA stuff. Yeah. Oh, and heroin if you got to Scotland. According to Trainspotting. Yeah. 
So, uh, were you the kind of like the thing is you're of the younger uh, generation compared yes. to the two of us, and like for a lot of my younger friends, like I had a like a younger friend who liked Breaking Bad because of all the drug references, because it kind of played into the power fantasy of like if I was a drug dealer, look at all the things I could afford and do, and all these things, and then he loved the fact that it w- he was more into the rise to power. Because like he also kind of started his own fantasy where he was like thinking like yeah I should start a drug empire look at all these things I can like, it definitely makes it seem yeah. like boy I should start making meth yeah right? I mean if you're that a chemist yeah, well, yeah you can make that shit but. but the main reason I got into it was because I know it's just some I first watched it to see oh I'll see what this is about and then I just got drawn in by the thing for the characters the writing the seriously strong acting yeah it's like yeah. it was definitely a serious drama but it had some fantastic funny moments yeah, like the bit when they walk into uh, the thing saying look it's fine it doesn't it doesn't eat through plastic and then just like the body falls through the floor oh, because the you got scenery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know what the thing is I enjoyed it so much and then Mythbusters had to ruin it for me by doing the actual science yeah damn you Mythbusters no, but I mean uh, I mean did you feel like this was a show that was spoke to your generation or was it I mean it was definitely I think made for people around my age maybe a little bit older because we're like I think maybe the show like, do you feel like maybe the Jesse character was somebody that you could latch on to or? because for I, me I could latch on to Walter White I think because uh, the, from the get go I have to say it's very hard to get into the motivation behind it because you know this is a story that can only happen in America where healthcare is so fucking unaffordable to anyone then you, again, you can also look at Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and like, oh, you can grow weed there too, huh? Uh, yeah, but also you don't have to do it to pay for medical bills. True that. Oh, you have free medical yeah, in England. Free healthcare. There you go. So so we, so we, it's not Walter White's fault. Blame the government for exactly. not giving him universal like, healthcare. That's my favorite thing about all of the comic books, comic uh, panels saying, uh, Breaking Bad set in Canada. You've got cancer. Don't worry, the state will pay for your uh, chemotherapy. Oh, that's great. I'm glad I live here. End. Episode finish. No, series finish. Series finished. Yeah. And then, but somehow still does meth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just does meth for the fuck of it. We got a cure for that too. Yes. So go ahead and enjoy all the meth you want. Pink, yeah. blue, green. Yeah. <laughs> and so Rainbow. I don't think I necessarily kind of saw myself in any of the characters, but I just was kind of fascinated as a kind of fly on the wall kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the writing and everything and the yeah. characterization. Because I would say this, right, for a, movie, for a TV show, which is basically about how a drug cartel is formed, it was a, also a fascinating slice-of-life kind of family drama. Yeah. Because you would have all these moments where it's punctuated by, like, Walter, like, cranking out all these drugs in the, in the Winnebago and then having breakfast with his son. They yeah. have and just so much breakfast. Yeah, there you go. Okay, one of the puns. With, the uh, with Skylar, the baby, and, you know, his uh, Walter Jr. Well, the baby didn't Walt come Jr. until season three. Yeah, sorry, season three. The baby comes in later. Yeah, Skylar was just very pregnant for the first two seasons. Yeah. Yes, was she actually pregnant or was it just written for a character? I don't, yeah, I don't think uh, the actress was actually pregnant at the mm. time. Well, maybe she was. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, and then of course, you also have to mention besides uh, their family, the extended family. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best supporting uh, characters with Marie, who has a lot of purple. Yep. Like, she wears purple in every single episode. And uh, Hank. Everybody, was Everybody's it? favorite DA. No, DA. 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 ASAC Schrader. ASAC Schrader. That's what I was trying to, yeah, that's what I was trying to go for. What is an ASAC? Associate. Assistant Super... Attendant. Supervisor, superintendent. Yeah. 
Oh man. I mean, the U.S. Uh, racking system for law enforcement is weird. I guess so, and especially when it comes to the different like states and the different yeah. like provinces, like they really have different hierarchies. So okay, my turn. I was late to the party with this. I only finished watching and st- I started on Breaking Bad last year. And oh, I finished wow. it okay. last year. So I'm one of those lucky assholes who like totally avoided the hype and managed to like because I feel like I'm like fortunate enough to be like I still haven't seen it. So like the magic and the power and like all this amazing television was fresh. You know what I mean? And 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 at the same time, like when Breaking Bad was kind of at its peak, like I was kind of uh, burnt out by shows like Lost, shows like yeah. Dexter. You know, like I was following a lot of TV back then, and then this like when Breaking Bad came out, it was me kind of starting my career, so I really had no time for like you know television or video games as much as I do like right now, because like cause, like back then everybody kept telling me like dude you gotta watch Breaking Bad, and this is before Netflix. Yeah. So like okay, where the hell am I gonna torrent? <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> stream, what legally stream purchase <laughs> the first episode? No, streaming wasn't an idea. Oh. Was even an idea yet. Yeah, 2008. Oh yeah, yeah, right. You're right. Nope. Netflix like, this wasn't. Is, this is like <laughs> Netflix wasn't even idea. Facebook wasn't great yet. Yeah, you Pirate Bay I mean? didn't exist yet. I mean, I don't know what that site is at all. <laughs> it, it existed. Yeah. <laughs> it was around. It always been around for a while. Sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, ba- this no, 2008 is the year Demonoid. I miss you, Demonoid. Come back. Yeah. Oh, I love curated torrents because oh, none of them have a virus. Uh, what am I talking about? Breaking Bad. Yeah. So, so like, um, I finally kind of succumbed to like basically my nerd cred because you know you can't be a podcaster and not have seen Breaking Bad yeah even it's though considered it's considered one of the best TV shows of all time if you haven't seen it why are you talking about TV shows and the thing is right after I finished watching this I would say very uh, honestly like yeah I agree like the only other TV show right now that has garnered enough attention or like the need for me to kind of spend some time was is definitely Game of Thrones. Yeah. And like the thing is running this podcast is like once in a while yeah I need to kind of watch other things to kind of like do the mentionables and stuff. But like I am really desperate to want to rewatch all of Breaking Bad again because mm. like that was a roller coaster because I had the, the the like when my friends were watching it it was a weekly thing. Yeah. Like it was like they watched this episode and then they had an entire week to talk about remember, wow I can't wait till next week. Mm. Yeah. And I, I was just fortunate to start during the Netflix era and I binged season after season over a couple of weekends. That is amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you do not feel the length. Yeah. I mean, it's like an eight or ten hour movie per season and it's like, I didn't feel the need to stop or take a break. Well, really. it helps that the first season was very short. It was only, I think, what, six to eight episodes? Yeah. I think about eight or so. Yeah, it was a nice bite-sized uh, AMC section. was hedging their bets because I think it was... Definitely cheaper because they're shot in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. New Mexico is much cheaper than LA. Mm-hmm. Much cheaper. A lot of places are much cheaper than LA. Yeah. And also because they have different union rules. Yeah, we're just lucky it wasn't filmed in Georgia or uh, Louisiana. You know, it'd be worse if it was filmed in Vancouver to make it look like Albuquerque. Like, yeah. Uh, it won't look as authentic. Mm. Yeah. And also, especially the fact that I would say it was, it was a roller coaster because it peaked and it dipped. And I can't really recall a moment in the entire run where I felt like this is slow or this is filler. Yeah. It was, yeah, was definitely the leanest television I've it, seen in a while. It was a bit of a slow burn at the beginning. And like, okay, but, but that was just its but show finding I, its legs. That, yeah. That's also kind of necessary. Like, I don't like TV shows which go big burst right at the beginning and then kind of have nothing to show for it later. It's better to like slowly really win. AKA like Prison Break where yeah. you shot his load way too early, right? And then they yeah. are struggling to try and come up with like 
new stupid ways for like. Well, it's like it's called Prison Break, and then after the first season, they're out of prison. So what the fuck are you gonna do it's now? Put them back break. in prison. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Break. We all we capture them all over again. Yeah, and okay, that's the thing. Like to me, uh, Breaking Bad really felt like there was this long narrative, this long tale that needed to be told. And it was like, as you guys said, like not only a rise to power, but all the elements that contributed to that, and also the fact that they took the special care and consideration into the factors. Like they even gave us like Gus's origin story, mm. yeah, which was like surprisingly very tragic and yeah. like, it was, emotional. It was, it was sad. It was where you could start empathizing with this very scary individual, and that's yeah. what they do. Like they, they make you empathize with everybody in the yeah, show, even, even Mike. The crazy will kill you in a heartbeat for yeah. a few dollars. Although, the hitman, yeah. His real, the cleaner, that's what they call it. I mean, him. his real origin story comes with uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. And that was a turning point because first season of Better Call Saul, I have to talk about it okay. briefly. Okay. It's like the first five or six episodes, like, eh, this ain't great. Then we had Mike's episode. Okay. When they find out why he had to leave uh, Philadelphia. Which is? Uh, the one where he kills the people who killed his son. And oh. then he has to go on the run. Spoilers for a show that's kind of still going. This yeah. is the first season, which is like four years ago. Okay. So, but I would say more for Mike because there's all those moments with that little girl. Yeah. Like, is that uh, his it's daughter? a grand granddaughter. His right? granddaughter, yeah. Granddaughter. And then, like, basically, all he wants to do is like have enough money to make sure that she's fine. Yeah. And just seeing him, like, seeing him being like a sweet grandpa, and then murdering a guy in the next episode. Yeah. And also the way he's the murderer is like, he's so clinical that he's bored, that every time he goes to have to do the like consummate wet work, professional, yeah, he's right. just like. Or at the time when he has to help a hostage situation, he's like watching the hostage like pointing a gun at the wall, like there, yeah. there, oh here, boom. Okay. Oh yeah, that was the laundry place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that a lot. Yeah. And I mean, okay, I mean, if anything, do you want to bring up any of the loose threads? Do do we want to talk about uh, the sisters' kleptomania and how that never got resolved? I mean, again, no show is perfect, and it's definitely kind of weird that they had this build up to maybe something was gonna happen, and then. Nothing happens. Yeah, because you also have to understand, like when they write shows like this, they don't really plan season two, season three ahead of time because it's basically like each of these characters deserves a certain amount of screen time because like either is uh, like American Union rules or the fact that you know contracts state that she needs to appear for a certain amount of episodes, yeah. a certain number of minutes. It definitely felt like they wanted to have her for certain moments, yeah. but there were definitely episodes where we don't know what to do with her right now. And I like the fact that she later became more or less like. I mean, like, I think I kind of like the fact that they established that she had a bit of a dark side with her kleptomania. Yeah. And then later she had to kind of suppress all of it and to be the more uh, positive force in Skylar's life because yeah. Skylar was definitely losing it. Yeah, I think around the third, fourth season that was... Like once she decided to take a walk in the swimming pool. Like, yes, okay, yeah. Everybody yeah. was like, yeah, okay. I, I think... Skylar's she, lost it. Yeah. And, yeah. You know what? and with good reason too, dude. And I, I would say this, right? Okay, apart from Mr. Brian Cranston, right? The, what's the name of the actress playing Skylar? Um, Anna Gunn. And a gun, yeah, amazing, stellar, spectacular performance. Like she gives the perfect, um, like woman on the brink of madness. Yeah, and then yeah. when she finally embraces the madness, how she just becomes so goddamn surgical about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like basically just proving once again, women are just better at dealing with shit than men. You think? Well, yeah, she's like she just kind of comes out like, "What are you doing? You need to do this loan, uh, money laundry. You need to do this for like cleaning up your sense." She's yeah. just cleaning up his mess in a way that he thought he was so smart and covering his tracks mm. and she just did it that little bit better I would think it's not so much that I would think it's more that we needed a reason to show that uh, Mr. Walter White especially the scene where he buys a car for no yeah. reason for his son 
yeah. and he had to like give it back but he doesn't he decides to blow it up because yeah. like I think more so like especially those episodes where they're showing off the laundering part of it they need to show that this is the proof that Walter White isn't doing it for his family yeah. mm. they, this is basically that's the evil turn going point of no return at this point because there you have the woman who's basically if you're doing it for the family I'm in the family we're gonna take care of things fine I'll help you okay you know God withstanding and then watching Walter like okay since you're gonna settle this I'm gonna go have fun then that's like the, the clue for the audience to look at it and like go oh he's an asshole but the we problem is rooting for him I love the audience instead went oh Skylar's a bitch uh, yeah, yeah. I think that happened during like the second third season or so a lot of threads were popping up and for I some think reason. it's also because like due to the fact that I watched it as a binge like yeah. Yeah. I did not, not so much see episodic yeah. yeah because because the thing is like if you were to watch it episodic and you just to see her like kind of like get in the way you know per se of uh, Mr. Walter White and then you think to yourself like oh yeah why don't you contribute to the empire and then you, you kind of of course basically the show is designed to make you root for the bad guy yeah and to do it in a way that you don't realize it catches you unawares yeah. it's kind and of then, like oh shit I'm rooting for a drug kingpin and then yeah. like, and, the, and the perfect thing is like having Skylar like by the way I am the voice of morality here yeah. let me just say something and then you'll start booing her mm-hmm. which means like oh yeah deep down inside all of humanity are assholes yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm and that's what I also love about the show because it basically points the mirror back at you and it makes you realize that, oh my God, I'm not a nice person. Yeah. I'm rooting for this guy. And also, like, especially in scenes where you see like Walter White just kill people. Yeah. Unexpectedly. And they do it in such like interesting ways, especially like moments where he has to rescue Jesse. Mm-hmm. Like, he finally pulls a gun and like takes guys out and then you like look to yourself like, oh. Uh, when he runs people over. Oh yeah, with the car. Yeah. yeah. And then it. you realize it's like, all this while like you know like here's a reminder this guy is evil yeah but thing is they started it off with him watching Kristen Ritter overdose and doing nothing to help her mm-hmm. you think that was yeah that's probably it that was like that was the first time the show went real dark just watching Jane choke on her own, own vomit, vomit and he's just like like trying to stop himself from talking like, but you can see like that the, the moment where he is like tearing up watching like a life yeah. pass before him but also realizing that oh she is standing in the way between me and Jesse right? yeah. yeah I need to get rid of Jessica Jones I'm sorry Jane yeah <laughs> I mean she was a very tragic uh, character in the entire show because I think she would be basically what you would say like she was the reason for you to root for Jesse yeah, yeah. especially that what happened to Jesse later yeah. yeah she could have saved him per se but that should happen but yet. she also needed to be saved yeah as well so, and yeah. I think it was kind of necessary because the second love interest for uh, Jesse like she wanted to get into crystal meth and he was like no 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 you are staying clean because you have a child you need to not be like me because mm. also he was remembering the last time he let you know he, he let that happen to yeah. somebody he loved right yeah how weird was that that like oh that's the landlord's daughter yeah <laughs> he's right next door really uh, <laughs> I mean okay do you want to kind of like go from character to character you want to start with like Mr. Walter White and work your way down or do you want to work your way up from let's start from maybe the baby <laughs> <laughs> not much to say so the baby baby's cute cute you know what especially whenever like uh, Skylar and the sister needs to like no give me back my baby he's like is that a real baby I mean <laughs> the best bit of acting from the baby was in Ozymandias in oh. uh, crying on a cue is very difficult eh? no when um, like the Walter White is holding her and uh, it starts going mama mama 
Mama, which is a really tragic moment. Mm -hmm. It's actually because on set, uh, the baby's mother was just walking past and off uh, camera, and the baby just noticed, Mama, Mama, like saying, Mommy, please hold me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, credits to uh, the mother for pushing her up. No, credit <laughs> to Brian Cranston, just rolling with it and just, you know, being able to feed into that for his performance. You know what credits to Brian Cranston for letting it rock when the pizza landed on the roof? That was, you did it on the first take. That was fantastic. Just one take. Like that how is he, a line moment right yeah. there. Like how he didn't just turn the camera going, yeah! No, he's a consummate professional. Yeah. He yeah. looked at it like, and he did the perfect, ah, and it walks yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> and then like they work it into the story and the next scene he's trying to clean the pizza off. Oh yeah. She's, what about you? What do you like about the baby? Nothing. Just look cute. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay. How about a character that you like? You know, kind of followed or stuck to? Well, definitely Gus. You're because, a Gus guy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, his backstory was kind of like tragic in a sense, but at the same time, you was see that a his guy lover or is just really close? I friend? think it's his lover. Really? I'll just say close friend until. No, whatever. they were gay. Okay. Let, sure. let Let's not try and erase this Do shit. Do not question eccentric Tom's gaydar. Okay, mm. true. <laughs> but uh, the point is, like, yeah. to see him create. <laughs> This empire while also hiding behind the facade of a chicken place, Los Polos Hermanos, right? That was actually just a nice way of like having a duality, like That's hiding in plain sight and everything. He made himself to be a pillar of the community. Yeah. And also dealing drugs. In such a believable way. So when it's like Like Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Mm. It's like it kind of made me think about uh Jimmy Savile in the UK. Mm? He oh, was, yeah, and yeah. he was like basically like he the was linchpin of a yeah, he was a very famous radio DJ who did a lot of stuff for charity. He was this big loved uh, national treasure. As soon as he died, wow, he was the biggest pedophile. <laughs> like, were, like, he wasn't even a Catholic priest. Like hundreds of kids, like in, in, former kids. Like, former kids. Yeah. They were now big, adults. They, you're no child no more. <laughs> yeah. Savile's got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, that was a kind of like, oh boy. Do you and, ever wonder why he's always all his photos are him with a cigar? Mm, I don't want to. Continue. I don't want to finish that know. joke. I don't want to know. You know, I I'm supposed to be the nice guy. <laughs> to, to are counter? you? I I know. We are a family friendly show. We are a family friendly <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, just from how the way Gus actually runs things up to just the way he just calmly walked away anything, and having that sniper pointing at him, and then you know him just putting his arms uh, up basically. You that know was what just I a key love scene. about the Gus character. What? How beautifully eloquent he is. Yeah. Oh. Just Even in death, he was eloquent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, eloquent? Eloquent, eloquent, sorry. <laughs> Electronic eloquent? Yep. Eloquent. I would say he like, was definitely uh, dapper in his final moments. Mm -hmm. he, for, not for he, a guy from yeah. that area. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, the thing is, when you looked at him, you realized, okay, there's something about this guy. There's a history to this man because no way a guy like that just runs a chicken like yeah. franchise. Mm -hmm. And like, seeing him speak, and then especially that moment where I'm looking for, like, Walter White walks in and like, I'm looking for somebody. And yeah. finally, he reveals himself. And then you can see just through like the inflections in his voice how, okay, now this is what I'm really yeah. about. Yeah. And he here. was the brilliant antagonist to Walter White. Yeah. In the way that, the first episode of season four, he offs his main henchman. Oh, in like basically, he just came down the, the drug lab, mat, mat, the drug lab area, just didn't say a single word, just dressed up and then just yeah. Cut, you know, a box and the thing cutter. is, he was locking eyes with Walter at the same time, yeah. just saying, "You are, you might as well be cutting him right now because this is your fault. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for this man's death." Yeah, it was brilliant. Well done, well done, see. And also the way he kills off the cartel. Oh yes! Wow, that was that uh, was some cool-blooded gangster shit right there. Yeah, 
And that was actually starring that guy from Scarface 2, come and think of it. Yeah. So that was a little nice nod to Scarface 2? First Scarface. Uh, many, many. Okay, yeah. That yeah. was many, yeah, yeah. Huh. I recognize him. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about other notable guest stars like, uh, I don't know, Danny Trejo <laughs> as the bomb. Yes. <laughs> as Tortuga. Yeah, as Tortuga. Tortuga. <laughs> and he, yeah. He's delivered on, on a, a tortoise. Turtle, head, on a tortoise, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, as a bomb. Yeah, but basically, like with Mike and Saul, I mean, you got to have that main guy just running the ring and everything. And Gus was definitely the best. Gus was definitely the pers- the perfect person to show Walter White, you are yeah. in over your head. You yeah. have no idea what you're doing. The, he's the best part of season three and four. Yeah, I mean, you are you small that. fry. And then, but basically, it also kind of gave Walter White the kind of aspiration and the, like, this yeah. is the ladder you need to climb to achieve what I have. Yeah. And to see him, like, like cross and double cross and to see to even make like somebody like Mike turn to him and turn back from him and just like you know how he finally offs him yeah with uh, Tuko's like uncle of uh, Tuko's uh, grand uncle right I, I don't think it was father right it was, it was, it was uncle it was his yeah. uncle right yeah because his uncle. sons were killed I think the sons were the hitmen actually yeah the sons were the hitmen you're right yeah 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 he was the last uh, Salamanca from that cartel and then yeah. like seeing him and he was the bomb oh yeah and just like that lovely reaction from Gus as he realizes he's good. he just he, he just got fucked. It's like, <laughs> yeah. When he has the click and no, and yeah. like everything just blows to pieces. And of course, in true Gus fashion, half his face gone, walks right out, adjusts his tie, thing. and then collapses and then to dies. the floor. <laughs> like brilliant. This guy, even in death, he's a gentleman. Yeah. You know. Yes, and also one of the sweetest backstories ever. Yeah. I mean, well, tragic backstory. Tragic. 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 Kind of sweet too. I mean, like yeah, especially kinda. when he finally got his revenge at the swimming pool. Oh yeah, for I sure. Enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most underappreciated is um, Walt Jr. You think? Yeah, I think that he was probably the only person keeping Walter kind of rooted in trying to almost be a good to guy to keep that family thing going. Yeah, and then when all is finally revealed in again Ozymandias. I keep renting Ozymandias because... That's your episode. That's my episode. Well, t- I'll talk about it more in detail later, but the look of utter betrayal on his face when he sees his father for who he really is, finally, and then the way he utterly cuts him out of his life in the final episode. Mm. Just like, I want nothing more to do with you ever again. You are dead to me. Oh, that phone call, right? He, yeah. 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 That was a it, good... That, excellent. And, you know... As a guy with actual cerebral palsy, so props to them for yeah. actually casting uh, a dude. Really? He actually yeah. had to hold off the medication to actually be the character in the show. Yeah, okay. no, he actually has uh, CB. Mild case. I can't wait yeah. until we cast him in more CB-related roles. Hey, I think uh, <laughs> I think RJ Meaty is fine for life after uh, Breaking Bad. You think so? Yeah. I mean, if he's earning royalties per episode, he doesn't appear in that many episodes. Maybe yeah, more than enough, I would say. More than enough, but hey... I'm pretty sure Brian Cranston, hey, he's living off that Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle money. Oh, yeah. And now that sweet Godzilla money, I think. I, I think know. he got paid a fair amount, which is why they killed him off so damn quickly. But I think, it's like, I think they paid him per, like, a uh, minute. Per action. Yeah. Per, per acting. Yeah. <laughs> he's paid per acting because he was acting his ass off for, the like, the short 20 minutes he was yeah. in that, like, unnecessarily... Uh, brilliant at the last bit and brilliant in the first bit, just boring in the middle movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then again, hey, you know, it gave us the the best Star Wars, Mister uh, Gareth. What was it? Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who's your uh, character? My favorite character? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely Walter White. Oh Walter yeah, White, I mean, mm. hands down. Yeah. I mean, he is a masterclass in uh, how to perfectly depict 
the the relatable supervillain. This is like I mean in the in the terms of the canon of like super the greatest supervillains of all time. Like we're we're talking about like the Joker. We're talking about like Darth Vader. Yeah. Then we have something like uh, Walter White, who is the most unassuming man ever. Because like the the the, the genius of the show is that. The guy who's hunting him is his brother lives next door yeah. and he never knew. He is not that, until yeah. until six the middle of the fifth before season, not until yeah. fucking the evidence falls into his lap and everything makes sense yeah. all of a sudden because like he got away with it in just by being meek. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like usually whenever you you create a supervillain, you always think to yourself he's grandiose, he's uh, bombastic. He has to be charismatic. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Not low key. He has to be a he presence. I mean yeah. like uh, and especially like one of the, the the worst tropes ever when it, when it comes to creating a villain character, he's ab- he's obviously psychotic. Yeah. Like when you look at him, the way he acts, the way he says, the way he does things like, "Oh, this guy is definitely a bad guy." Yeah. And then you have like Walter White who's like, "I'm just cooking breakfast for mm. my kid." And then I'm going to cook some meth. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's like ordering hits on people. And then he comes home and he's trying to tell his wife, we need to keep the family together. I'm trying to be a good husband. I beat cancer. And they're like, yeah, he beat cancer. Good on you. Wait, yeah. why, why am I rooting for you? No, no, fuck you. Cancer should have taken you. And also it's great how he goes from being so meek and demure and kind of like, you know, just making it through by being kind of smart enough to know what's going on yeah. to becoming so terrifying that tyrannical side and especially oh, yes. like, like you know like, i am the one who knocks exactly because it's like you're goddamn right when it comes when it comes to like the the mythos of the superhero or the supervillain it's usually the superhero who has the alter ego yeah. the supervillain is in character constantly you think lex luthor like again you think darth vader you think agent smith from the matrix like they're always like that and then here's there's no the, mask to have to hide behind exactly yeah. and then here's one of those few times when like you know i mean the only other comparison would be maybe Ozymandias from Watchmen yeah where basically oh he's the bad guy all along and the fact is all along why you roll with him is because he's constantly reminding you and like bludgeoning into your head like no no I'm doing the right thing look I'm helping my family and then you're like yeah that is the perfect reason to wait wait and then you yeah. always catch yourself yeah yeah then you're realizing yeah, like, why are you doing this and that wait and a minute no 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 that's not the reason yeah you beat cancer you can stop yeah but we got all this money now and then the thing is, right, I can pay for his college, my baby's college, and we never have to worry about this. I'm going to open a car wash. It's a legitimate... B- and then, like, yeah. you can see his character explained back to you, and you fall for the lie. Yeah. And that's the genius of the character. It's like, you're paying attention, and you are fly on the wall. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm passively, you know, part of this story. And then you quietly root for him. Because all in all, it's like, he represents... It's very hard to not root for the cancer victim. Exactly, you know what I mean, and that's the thing. Like that's the genius of him, like which is why I'm kind of worried about that uh, the Shyamalan trilogy with Glass. Oh, oh yeah. Glass, because yeah, it's yeah. like I kind of like relate uh, Walter White to like Samuel Jackson's character, where like I'm so brittle, I can't possibly be evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and it's like. It's like one of the few, but the thing is that that Samuel L. Jackson character, uh, Glass, yeah, yeah. Glass, like he's Mister Glass. Glass, he is literally a, like that all the time. Walter White has to kind of flip between Walter White and, and Heisenberg. Heisenberg. And the thing is that what I thought was great about the show is that it paints him as like, you know, the nice guy kind of demure. But then oh, yeah. it kind of holds up to mirror to everyone who says, oh, I'm a nice guy by showing how petty he can be. Mm-hmm. All right, referring to the car wash, they bought it because it was used to be owned by the guy and he worked for him to kind of supplement his teacher's pay. Yeah. And the first thing he does when he gets the car wash is he breaks the you know the first dollar ever earned and just uses it to buy a soda just 
trampling on this man's legacy mm -hmm. just because I kind of didn't like you when you were my boss. But also, I think what I like about Walter White is because, like, I mean, especially why I, f why I said that he's the most relatable is that we all have moments like that where we like, you know what, just the wrong thing on the wrong day and that could have been your life. Yeah. This is the path that happens. Because tragically, also to say, even though we can say that, okay, Walter White is the, the master of his actions, that he is the reason why all this is happening and all this destruction and chaos and all the, the families he's destroying and all the lives he's taking away. But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, if only healthcare was a better option in America, none of this would have happened. Yeah, I feel like we need to sit down the entire Republican Congress and just make him watch Breaking Bad. Like, this is what happens <laughs> when you don't like single-payer healthcare happen. I'm pretty sure they all watched it and they were like, you know what? Yeah, we should all sell drugs. That's why uh, pharma, big pharma is a thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God the Koch brothers are on our side. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure they all watched Breaking Bad and they thought, yeah, you know what? Tuco was Good right. Good American yeah. hero. Tuco, Tuco was right. Tuco was right. <laughs> well, no, he's Mexican. He can't be right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Heisenberg was right. And if anything, it's like, uh, the only, I wouldn't say weakest, right? But he does act as a foil is Jesse. Jesse definitely... Yeah is but he comes to his own near the end he comes to his own and he takes his time to get there and he is a confused kid per se but he like, literally has an entire season where he's just baking away in rehab and we yeah. don't really have to do anything yeah. with him and it was actually kind of a trick all along in a sense during that the rehab, rehab thing that happened right yeah I mean I I like uh, his moments with uh, the uh, like uh abuser's awareness thing it's not mm -hmm. it's not alcoholics anonymous it's like whatever the equivalent is for like proper yeah. hardcore drugs mm -hmm. and then the way he and just Aaron Pell just acts his ass off right? yeah. yeah like the final thing when he says like I've been playing you all for fools I hate you all I literally came here to try and sell meth to you you are fools and I hate you and just it was brilliant because you could tell that you know part of him is trying to be an asshole but it's actually him trying to protect them from himself mm -hmm. yeah it's it's kind of like, uh, oh god, this is going to be a deep cut, like um, Sentry, almost, mm -hmm. from uh, Marvel Comics. Yeah. Oh, Sentry, right. Yeah. So like that, how you say, he, that blatant duality. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I will also say this about Jesse, right? Like, he doesn't come into his own until way much later because... Season 4 is when he really starts when to... When he finally gets kidnapped and turned into like a meth slave. Oh, that was for the so Nazis. heartbreaking. Oh, and, you know, and, it, and to sweet. see what happens to the family he wanted to start. And seeing how the like the 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 yeah, they kill her off just to say we own you yeah fuck you uh, Down syndrome Matt Damon <laughs> Je Meth Jesse Plemons Matt Damon yeah, we have to stop calling me that because Jesse Plemons is an amazing actor who's yeah. done so much since such as uh, Game Nights Black Mirror yeah that Black Mirror episode yeah no, that's, he's all, a, he's that's a, all I can remember he's been in a lot of stuff as kind of good supporting uh, actor he should still play Matt Damon's brother just to make us all giggle yeah <laughs> probably a comedy in the future not a comedy no he's like basically no he he is like no this should, this should be like a film where they keep saying you look a lot like Matt Damon and then they just meet as like Matt's a cameo <laughs> like being John Malkovich no I was thinking more along the lines of the talented Mr. Ripley where he oh, just right, right. like you know kind of enters the world of Matt Damon and then like offs him and then just replaces him and nobody realizes it because yeah. he's such a vanilla looking guy <laughs> okay. I'm sorry no, I like you Matt Damon I'm a fan yeah but to be honest there are great characters in everything you know from um, you know uh, Hank Schrader Marie yeah. Skylar everyone everyone is just fantastic and that's the hallmarks of a great show where there's not a yeah. single not a single source. person who is wasted yeah, yeah. I mean, shit even uh, Hank's 
terrible jokes were fantastic. Yeah, yeah because he's got to be that uncle that you kind of he's working at a serious police task force at the same time. Yeah. He can be the he can be that friendly guy for you. And his mini arc when he guy. becomes a piece of shit when recovering from a bullet wound was uh, fantastic. When he started decided well, he, when he gets into minerals. Jesus Marie, the minerals. Not the like, minerals. Not rocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. We all have an uncle who's into minerals. Yeah, we all have that weird uncle. Hey. Oh, that's the way he tries to scare um, uh, Walt Jr. straight. Because Marie says, you know, I, saw, I saw he might be smoking weed. He might overdose. From smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, he is a drug enforcement agent who knows the actual drugs he's trying to enforce. It's like... Yeah, it comes with the job. Yeah, it's just like... Weed, I don't care if my nephew is smoking weed. It's fine. As long as it's not like, you know... As long as it's not meth. Or crack. Yeah. Ooh, crack's a bad one. Mm, I would say meth is worse. Oh, meth is definitely worse. Meth is definitely worse because the addiction will literally rot your teeth and your skin. And you get addicted yeah. from first puff. Yep. And also making it one one mistake in the chemistry and you blow up. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And which is why I also like the fact that, you know, like one of the lines that stuck in my head the most was basically from the first season where uh, Jesse, like Walter asked Jesse, hey, I want to I wanna make meth too. Yeah. And like Jesse's like, what do you know about making meth? And like, okay, let me show you how a professional does it. And then like he, he makes the best meth ever. And then like yeah. the first time I heard the term, like this is glass great. And like in my in my head is like, wow, well, that sounds official. What does glass great mean? <laughs> Apparently nothing. Yeah, and, and then when they start using the blue com uh, whatever to make it, it's like oh, it becomes biker meth. Like I had no idea these were distinctions. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's different kinds of meth, much like there's many different kinds of weed, sir. Oh no, I'm. That's when I suddenly realized, oh, I'm not a pothead, but I have no idea what all these strains are. Indica sativa. Probably what sativa because it was not super strong the kind I had in the UK. Oh, that's the one that. Oh yeah, that's the one that chills you out actually. Yeah. Indica makes me talk forever. You should definitely talk to me about music on Indica, but not in Singapore, but high up in the space station. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. like you know, we're in, in the horticulturalists. <laughs> we're international Anywhere space. So death for we these don't things. make math here too <laughs> either. No, <laughs> we only do math. So we're gonna be taking a quick break. And then uh, we're going to come back and talk about our favorite moments and episodes of uh, Breaking Bad. So stay tuned. And we are back talking once again about Breaking Bad. And we're going to be talking about our favorite episodes because that's what you do when you do a retrospective. Exactly. Yes. Really? We don't talk about all the, the gratuitous nudity and all the amazing moments or... Oh, wait, there, mean, there, there was only one episode that had that was only, and that was the no, pilot. The one time when they freed a nipple. Yeah, yeah. Freed a nipple. My favorite campaign ever. Yes. I miss, I miss old Instagram. The <laughs> only other time that uh, they had uh, any kind of nudity was on their web exclusives. Really? Actually, yeah, I don't catch that. When they had those like little, uh, like, um, what's the words? Uh, the alternate takes? Vignettes. Okay. Uh, when they were promoting season five. Oh, I see. Like they had one which was just a house party at uh, Jesse's house and you had plenty of like your bare-chested ladies. You know what's really interesting? Yeah? Uh, no, bare-chested. I think, yeah, with uh, what's the guy, what's his friend's name again? Badger? Uh, Badger and the other one? Badger. Who, who's amazingly, uh, who's apparently amazing at piano. I can't remember. Zeke or something, yeah. Yeah. But okay, you know what? Uh, speaking of uh, random nudity, apparently like me being a fan of the show and like looking up all the, the alternate cuts and all the deleted scenes right yeah apparently that those moments where Walter's in the shower he's actually naked 
Like I Brian can totally Cranston buy is that. Like the kind of guy who's like, you know what, fuck it, I'll drop trowel just for this, <laughs> even though it's not on camera. <laughs> but apparently, it's like, I, we can see your thing. Move closer. <laughs> like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you need to be naked? Just wear it. Uh, because he's Brian Goddamn Cranston. That's why. Because I'm goddamn naked. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna be talking about our favorite episodes from uh, five years, five seasons, five seasons five worth seasons. of Breaking Badness. Uh, we're gonna go around the table. Let's start with uh, our favorite uh, white boy uh, extraordinaire here. Uh, it's Central Tom. Yay! I'm your favorite white boy. Well, so touched in the room. No, <laughs> thanks. Would you like me to touch you? <laughs> you oh, you always got a caveat this shit, don't you? Hey, it's a very small retarded, sir. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so my favorite episode is also. I think still to this day my favorite bit of TV ever. Okay. And that is season 5 episode 14 otherwise known as Ozymandias. Ah uh, yes, the the one important episode where uh, Dr. Manhattan blows up Rorschach. Absolutely. Or am I talking about something else? Right. Yeah. Watchman reference. So this is in fact reference to the Shelley poem called Ozymandias. Yep. And it's got that I think it's the only line people remember which, which is Which Shelley? Any relation to the Mary Shelley? Maybe. I think it's Percy Shelley. The husband? Possibly. Um, uh, it says, the line is, uh, and upon these, this pedestal, these words appear, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look upon my works, ye mighty in despair. Nice prose there, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the now thing do is, it in French. <laughs> uh, <you're> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the extent of my French. Classing it up here at the last king podcast. We'll do that at the post-recording or something. Post-recording? <laughs> Oh, the post recording. Ooh, we've become classy all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. You know, we should do it. We should do it with him, like uh, in nothing but a toga, being fanned by exquisite boys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we know that Ozymandias is a damn good episode. But in your own opinions and your own eyes, why uh, is it so? The thing about the poem, it's about it's a man walking in a desert, and he finds this faded pedestal where a statue that's broken down. Mm-hmm. So it's a point about how this was someone at the height of his power who had full of hubris and he's been taken down and he's now nothing but, you know, a ruin in a pile of sand. Mm-hmm. And it's reference to what happens in this episode. And to me, it's important because in one episode, everything that Walter White has spent four and a half seasons working up to, almost five seasons worth of working up to, everything is taken away from him. Absolutely everything. Yeah. His meth business, his partner, his family, his family, family, his money, everything is taken away. And it ends with him having to run away and kidnap his own child to not lose absolutely everything. And pull a knife at Skylar as well, too. Yeah, and everything. He pulls a knife at his wife and son to try and, you know, try and fix things. Is this like the episode where we lose a sex trader? Yeah, Hank is killed at the very beginning. Hank died of, in this episode. Yeah, and then like that uh, that line is like, uh, "What, Walter? You're you're the smartest, smartest man. man. You're the smartest man I know, I know, and you're too stupid to realize that he made this decision ten minutes ago." Nice good thing there, boys. Now do it in French. One of one of the best deaf lines ever. Do whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. Bang. yeah, he doesn't even get to finish his sentence before he's yeah. shot in the face. Yeah. I'm going to miss Asex Raider. Yeah. He well, Dean Norris is in other stuff as well. True that. You know what? Do you still remember the first time you saw him? In mm. another show, I'm not too sure, to be honest. He was in The Shield, wasn't he? Do you remember him? No, you're thinking no, no, that was of Michael Chiklis. Yeah. Well, he could be in The Shield. He looks the, like the, somebody the from The Shield. same kind of build and everything. Oh, was he in Blue? Well, the, the, something blue? called True Blue or something. True Blue? 
Pacific Blue? It was some other uh, police procedural. Oh, what I remember about uh, Mr. Asex Schrader, who's named the actor again? Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Was like, the thing is, like, he was the guy on the show who constantly, like, uh, like you know, kind of bu- bugged me. Like, where have I seen him before? And then apparently he was the recruiting officer in Starship Troopers. Wonder. So basically that The infantry made me the man I am today. And, and he pulled back at his legs. And, and then yeah. he's like this metal arm. And he's like... And it was the strange thing. Like, has he... Has he always been bald? Yeah. It's like, this guy's been 45 his entire life. And I did some like IMD being. Yeah. And I, it turns out like, okay, so the other actor, Casper uh, Vendian, who played Johnny Rico. Mm-hmm. Do you know they were only like three years apart? What? Oh. That okay. is the difference <laughs> between uh, life choices right there. You look like uh, like like this this spectacular example of a man which is like Casper Van Dien. You know, like handsome, statuesque, and like, you know, his older brother. <laughs> his wonderful hair. And you look at his older brother, Dean Norris, is like yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is like you, you when I look at him, it's like, oh like Oh, they're the same age. <laughs> like, so yeah, he's been around, and he's like, he's one of those familiar faces. He's like a Tom Sizemore, or he's like a, like you know, he's always that character actor who kind of like pops out of nowhere. Like a younger Jim Broadbent. Like a younger Jim Broadbent. Mm-hmm. Like we saw him recently in a uh, Death Wish, remember, where he played the cop to Bruce Willis. Yes. Oh yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, basically playing Asex Schrader again. <laughs> yeah, one of the this is a different division, right? One of the few redeemable parts of that movie. He was he was in Homicide. Didn't do a good job, sir. But you know, no. yeah, he was around. Well, yeah. Last movie I seen him was probably the Book of Henry. He's Book of Henry? the bad guy. Yeah. You watched Book of Henry? I know it's a terrible. Film. What's the Book of Henry? It's uh, the last film Colin Trevorrow made. Okay. Uh, it's about uh, this kid who's super smart, looks after his mother, and then dies. And then Kim comes up with an elaborate plan to expose someone. What am I someone. thinking of Denzel Washington? That's Book of Eli, right? Yeah, yeah, different one. Okay, okay, yeah. which is a much better movie yes. because yes. You know, it's a blind <laughs> motherfucker kicking people in the face. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Book of Henry. Oh, he was in that too. So yeah, I mean, Dean Norris is probably one of America's, uh, you know, that face you see in certain shows. Yeah, you look like, at him uh, and you're like, where have I seen him before? He was also in Under the Dome, which I've never seen, but it's apparently a pretty good. Uh, I tried watching it, but the yeah. thing is, it comes to a point where I, I don't care after a while, because uh, you know how certain shows they they don't explain things, and then mm-hmm. it starts to meander into other things, and then like oh, then they unlock a bigger conspiracy. It's like one of those, and then that's what the thing about Under the Dome is like. It's yeah, like the worst yeah. parts are lost. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's like the worst parts of Lost, where they like they they don't explain things and they decide to just throw other shit at you, and you like you realize the trick they're playing right now. Yeah, and also ever since the Simpsons movie, I can't take like a Dome <laughs> City seriously anymore. <laughs> ever since Beyond Thunderdome, I could never take <laughs> Dome Cities seriously yeah. anymore. Sheesh. Anyway, so as you were saying, Ozzy yeah. Dias. It's it's just that it's damn near perfection that episode because it's not a good. I wouldn't say that that's the first episode you watch if you watch Breaking Bad. That's something that you can only watch once you've seen the entire combination of everything I've seen before. Yeah. It's like Infinity War. It's just... Shout out to that SEO they'll never die. You have I to know. watch some of its parts, yeah. basically. I'll, I'll just add that to one of the tags, Infinity War, just for fun. Just, yeah, and then watch our uh, numbers jump because, ooh, more Infinity War talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, this... I don't know what else to say other than it's just almost damn near perfection because... It all just comes crashing down for Walter White and he finally reaps what he sows. Mm-hmm. And it's when, like for the first time in three seasons, he seems sorry and upset because even though he knew that he would have to deal with uh, Hank at some point, he didn't want him to die. Yeah. yeah. And it's the first time he's been honest when he says to, to you know, Skylar, I never wanted him to die. 
So the first time he's been honest to his wife in three years or something. I would say, uh, but I mean, here's one thing I want to bring out that which is particular to this episode, which is I think is pure genius, is because when it comes to writing the villain character, yeah, just like uh, the Dark Knight, sometimes you just need to give him a little push, yeah, and like for him to lose that one thing. Like the thing is, I felt he was not sad that Hank died, but he finally had no reason to hide or run, yeah, and he could just go full evil now. Because that I think he enjoyed the glee of basically knowing that he's being chased and he had to play cat and mouse with his brother. Yeah, he was. That was definitely that the. It's like that basically what the serial killer in him was enjoying being one step ahead. Exactly. And yeah. taunting. So like, like if you imagine if the Joker didn't have Batman, he'd have no reason to live. Yeah, it's like he yeah. says in Dark Knight. The Yin the Yang, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Bit, I'm like we need dog, each other. <laughs> like I'm like a dog chasing his tail. I wouldn't know what to do once I caught it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, okay, you remove Hank Schrader, and then we have. Full Walter White unleashed, and yeah. this is basically he spirals downwards, and then he comes back. Oh, in a blaze of glory, I would say. Yeah, in a blaze of glory. Bla- yes. In a machine gun blaze of glory. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like the finale of um, Breaking Bad at all. How come? No, I mean it was it was fun, but it's just like it was. It just became a bit ridiculous. So it was a cool scene, but it was just like it felt almost fan servicey. Not really for me. I mean, it had to end in a way that he cannot be redeemed, but at the same time, try to make it right, especially with Jesse. I mean, it would have been it. a much darker and cathartic end if it ended with him dying of hypothermia in the car. I would say that too. Yeah, it'd be a bit more poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, there's a fan theory that actually he did die in the car, and that the last episode and a half is him. A fever dream or something. Yeah, dream. it's. It's him just imagining that what he's gonna do once he is able to find the keys. Which I can, you know, I like the fact that it's ambiguous enough to uh, allow such things. Yeah, and also we never get full closure for Jesse as well. Yeah, he, he gets runs away. off. But that's no, it. he gets away, but you know, what is he gonna do? He's still a man on the run. I don't think you need to. I don't want like an epilogue where you see yeah. him like live off the rest yeah. of his days. I just want to see him escape into yeah. the yeah. night. Escape and from everything that has gone through with Walter. And the best thing he ma- was able to say to Walter, because finally the roles are reversed. He's now, you know, the redeemable hero figure who suffered through everything and come out clean. Mm-hmm. And Walter is, you know, the defiler. He's, you know, the no, the big bad evil that uh, is corrupting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say... It's surprising how you end up being empathetic for Jesse in the end because they never build it up. Yeah, it's just like suddenly like, oh no, he's the hero in the story all of a sudden. He's the one who had to go through the trials and tribulations along the sides of this. Like, you would imagine if you made him female, it would be the perfect Harlequin origin story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be. We would see like how like he was... tried to escape from the, the the clutches of Walter White and it was Walter who kept bringing him back yeah. like you give yeah. him like the perfect re- replacement as a, in assistance with Gale and he still wants Jesse because deep down inside he needs to corrupt this boy somehow because yeah. at first it was basically like a bit of a redeeming arc where he's trying to teach this boy chemistry he's trying to teach this boy like how to be a man how to, like he was a father to him like trying to do what he failed to do while he was still a student and then yeah. especially like all these tough love moments you know where he's like like cussing him down and telling him like you're an idiot you like you got the wrong things wrong measurements and but the, at the end of the day he makes near perfect meth he's on the level of Walter White because 
Walter might made him like in his yeah. own image vicariously. Uh, I guess through deplorable methods as well, just to bring him back. And also to the, the point where actually had to poison that girlfriend's son in the scent of the rice with the lily of the valley or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And especially also more in the sense that uh, Walter White basically he wants. I think the thing about most guys, especially villains with the god complex, not only do they need to, f- to feel the need that they can create, but also they can destroy. Yeah. Like, not everything around them is malleable. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, to create something like Jesse Pinkman and to, like, help, like bolster him up to, like, uh, to the ranks of equally amazing um, meth chemist. But also at the same time, I have you on leash. I am able to twist you and bend you to my narrative. Like, what he did with the sun. Or like, you know, basically asking him to kill Gale. It's like, a definite God complex thing going on. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So and also because, you know, he felt like he had lost control of his life a long time ago. Because there was that side story in season two where he was almost on the brink of making so much money from a patent with his best friend. And then they never really explained why they fell out. I think they kind of did. This is the, the fact that the matter is he didn't want to sell out. He had yeah. some sort of weird integrity thing or it was also... It was pride. Pride, pride. and also because of the girl involved. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Because he, she like chose him over uh, Walter. Yeah. yeah. So there was a bit of that, you know, that uh, kind of uh, jealousy. Pettiness. Yeah. That, he yeah. Walked, that pride from. also basically affected him, especially when uh, Walter Jr. wanted to pride do that whole kickstart. downfall was like all the time. Yeah. Pride, the and, pride and pettiness. Yeah. The modern the story. Big theme. Pride, the big theme. The least known pride of the Jane Austen movie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is why Ozymandias is great. It's because it's the first time he's truly punished for the shit he's chosen to pull. Mm-hmm. Even other times when, you know, mm-hmm. Gus Nini kills him or when Tuco takes him prisoner, mm-hmm. he still has a way out and he comes back with stronger than ever. There is no way he could ever come back from what happens to him in Ozymandias. In that episode, yeah. And it's the last time we see him bald with a goatee. Uh, after that, he becomes, you know, the mountain man. He becomes... He's uh, got hair, yeah. He becomes yeah. the dad from Malcolm in the Middle <laughs> for a hot second. Yeah. Yeah. And still, you root for him because you don't know better yourselves. Yeah, well, at that point, I kind of made peace with the fact that he was a terrible piece of shit. You really? Yeah, kind of. I didn't feel anything like that until I looked back at the entire season, in like entire series in retrospect. Because like I kind of rooted for him all the way until, like even when Hank dies, yeah. like I was more interested in like, how are you going to get out of this one, Walter? How are you going to explain your way through this? And just seeing him like run out of options and then finally when he becomes a mountain man and there's nothing but, you know, basically planning vengeance. Yeah. With it, I still think it's kind of cool with the machine gun and the car. Yeah, yeah. Again, no? cool scene, ridiculous. Hey, but it had to be ridiculous because... And then there was that time span when he was mountain man till when he exacted that plan. That was so many years that passed by anyway, right? Was yeah. It wasn't years. It was like, I think it was like one year. One year. Because remember by beard length about three months. Yeah, because remember, his cancer came back. So, you know, he doesn't have years to wait. Okay, Which is year. also kind of like clever writing for me because it also feels like the, can- the cure to cancer was this lunacy. Mm-hmm. Like, what kept him alive was all this evil. The sheer drive to be good at something for once. And the thing is, right, if he decided for, like, say, the sake of humanity and just let the cancer take him, like, like the moral obvious choice would be yeah I'll just die from cancer and then you are now guilt free and you can leave this world in peace but like nah, I still have a little b- I have that one more thing I need to pull off yeah and you yeah, know I mean but I would say yeah that w- that's 
I mean, it's a stunner of, a, of an episode because it is the, that's the, the beginning of the downward spiral yeah. for Walter White. And like not so much for Jesse, right? Jesse was already a prisoner at this uh, point. No, Jesse, he was a prisoner in Ozymandias. No, yeah, yeah, Jesse was made prisoner because he was under the, the protection of Hank and his partner. Mm. And so the Nazis capture him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then they go off and kill the other like supply line guys. Like the one that he talks to in Say My Name. Mm-hmm. Which is my episode. To yeah. <laughs> That's a good, uh, that a good segue. Yeah. yeah. Go so, ahead. Well, there you go. So Say My Name, uh, also one of the better D- Destiny Child songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is it the one? No, no, no. no. Jump in, jump in is the best Destiny Child yeah. song. I did like I Say, say My Name. Yeah. Say My Name, when no one is around you, baby say I love you. <laughs> Why am I a fan of Destiny's Child? You know, Queen Bee, Beyonce, you rule my world. I would say like, it's not my favorite episode, but it is the one that is the most memorable to me, because in a, mo- in, a in a show where there's so many quotables, just that moment where he stares down these other guys, looks them right in the eye, like, like career criminals, yeah. like and he's able look to just me. stare them down. Look at me, you know who I am. Say my name. Say my name. You're Heisenberg. You're goddamn right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like. That's up there with I am the one who knocks. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, all these amazing like deliveries and Brian Cranston is a tour de force in this. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't like th- I mean and that's what's like kind of disheartening also the fact that I was lucky enough to watch Breaking Bad after everybody. So I wasn't on the hype train. I en- I managed to enjoy this without being influenced by other people who- telling me their ideals and what they like took from the show. Yeah, and like watching this, and then like looking. Oh, you know what? I'm looking forward to more Brian Cranston work. And ah, yeah, <laughs> he's never gonna. I don't think he'll ever have the chance to kind of prove himself as much as yeah. he did. And as much as we like to joke around about the fact that you know, like yeah, he can definitely coast on that Breaking Bad money or that Malcolm in the Mill money. He's a man who definitely deserves to work. And then like you I'm did sure mention he has other projects in the line. And, and you mentioned Trumbull, right? Trumbull, yeah. right? Which was meant to be like his tickets. And I think he was nominated for Best Actor, but he got some Oscar nods, right? Yeah. Yeah, but uh when did Trumbull come out? 2015? Two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it feels definitely that a few years back. Yeah. And I don't know who he lost it to. And like to see him do like bit things and like, like we mentioned Godzilla. I mean, what's he going to pop in next? Because all I know is like the reason we're doing this episode is because I saw uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul during some sort of like reunion thing. Yeah, yeah reunion like, thing. And I, like, like the winners get to actually be in the Winnebago, right? Really? Or the yeah. truck or something. Well, that's yeah. cute. No, with the meth? Are yeah, they, with the meth. Are I they going to yeah. actually cook some meth? Probably I, not. That probably not. Probably just Man, plastic. Crystals. That would be some <laughs> bold ass moves, yeah. like for a how uh, many laws can you break well, by it, doing that? If you go to New Mexico, where it's still legal, I don't uh, know. Okay, okay, we can just cross the border for a hot second. A hot second. Huh, there you go. But I want to say this is like when I saw that, it's like also that stunning reminder. Like to me, this show. I watched the show last year, mm-hmm. and it's as fresh as and relevant as anything that's available now. Oh, for yeah. sure, because the US still haven't fixed their uh, healthcare laws. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's one of the reasons. And also because, I mean, it deals a lot with what's going on border side. Yeah. Like seeing like, you know, a a town like that and then just seeing them like struggle with like, I wouldn't say they suffer suffer from poverty. But there is a a struggling middle class family. But there's also that lovely wrong side of the tracks where you look across the horizon and here's the the worst part of the town. Now, this is like where Jesse Pinkman would like uh, reside. And this is like the nice suburban area where Walter would build his criminal empire, strangely yeah. enough. But it's also very striking that, you know, in 2008, which is when the first thing came out, he's a teacher and he has to work in a car wash to make ends meet. Hey, you have to understand, 2008 was a financial bubble era. 
Yeah, that's true. So it's like it was shit just came crashing down. Yes, a lot of things came crashing down in the show, which is probably why it resonated with so many audience members then. Because you have to understand that was like us entering the global economic crisis. That that was the biggest recession yeah. the planet has had in a while. And for a show like Breaking Bad, I mean, it was bigger than the dot com bubble, right? Dot com bubble burst. This one took people's broke families apart. Yeah. I mean, yeesh. It's like watching billions of dollars just disappear into the ether. Yeah. And like just watching all these politicians and all these like Wall Street types try to explain away the crimes they committed by saying, yeah, all we did was add negative value to all these uh, toxic uh, mortgages, which is attached to people's homes and the dreams they're building on those homes. Like basically selling people who couldn't afford it lies mm-hmm. and a dream which hasn't existed in Lies and more lies because mm-hmm. like, they convince people like, oh yeah, you can add a mortgage on another home. Just sure. Just keep giving me this debt that, you know, and like creating the, the world's biggest negative value that all of a sudden needed to correct itself when things came crashing down. Yeah. And just watching like people's 401ks and their retirement funds disappear. Yeah. And watching like guys like Bernie Madoff like, oh, okay, I need to cash out because like this scheme is not going to run its course anymore. Mm-hmm. And he see, made off with all that money. Hey, joke's been made In a the few name, times through. yeah. And also at the same time, like all you need to do is watch the the, the Big Short. Yeah, thank, big short. thank you The Big Short for explaining it Let's, in very clear terms. With Margot Robbie in the bathtub. Definitely. Yeah. That's the best part. Or Selena Gomez in a nice cocktail dress. Nah, fuck Selena Gomez. Yeah. You're, you're a Selena Gomez guy? Yeah, I like her. Mm. Okay, She's my age, so, you know. She's your age. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it legal? I don't know. <laughs> it makes it less skeevy. Skeevy? Margot Robbie is a full-grown woman with Australian hips. Yeah. Nah, that's mm-hmm. true. We've, right. we've seen Aitonia. You've seen her in those shorts. I watched Wolf of Wall Street. I saw her naked. Exactly. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shaking at the thought. But, I mean... I would say, okay, why? back to my topic. Like yeah. Why I chose this episode is basically, whereas Ozymandias was basically his downward spiral in the fall from grace, I would say, say my name was, that is the moment where... The Zenith. That's him as a bad guy claiming and like... I would say this is like, for a lot of uh, like superhero stories, right? Is everybody is interested, especially when it comes to like the origin story, yeah. the moment they become... Like, we follow Bruce Wayne, but what we're waiting for, what the, the moment we're looking forward to is when Bruce Wayne becomes the Batman, where yeah. Clark Kent becomes fucking uh, Superman, where, where Luke Skywalker learns the ways of the Force and he becomes the Jedi Master. To me, Say My Name was that moment where, like, yeah, we've gone full bad guy now. And, full Heisenberg. And the best thing is the genius is, right, we didn't see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it, here it is. Here it happens. He's there, like, surrounded with Mike and all that, right? Ready to do either probably a drug like uh, like trading how many th- what, m- money I can't remember like millions of dollars like they're, they're doing yeah. a drug he's like there's it's a drug run and I'm like wait like I love how they casually like oh we can't get out of this situation what's gonna happen it's okay I'll do the talking and then like yeah. you follow this episode and then slowly you start you start to realize like oh wait this guy he's not stumbling and bumbling. He is carefully positioning people in like in place. He is now the playmaker. He yeah. is the playmaker and he's playing us, the audience, because he's making us realize that, oh, that's your thing. That's what makes you so terrifying. We, we never can tell what you're up to. This is what happens when smart people get into crime. Exactly. You know, like that super genius level of like, it's Kaiser Soze levels. Absolutely. Of, like, yeah, you didn't is. see that coming. You know, and like that's that, that was him all along. And, Especially like and like that, that button, that nice, uh, 
what just like brings it all together was just that one line. You yeah, know? yeah. You know who I am. Say my name. My reputation precedes me. Yeah, like everybody in the audience has been watching me fumble and bumble along with. Yeah, all it's of a this. far cry from when he had to blow up the office to get people's attention. Exactly, and then like yeah. we've come to the point where like some random asshole, some random criminal from another area, knows who he is. Yeah, he is already. He is the kingpin, and is like, oh wow, he's a bad guy, and like that's when the the the, the show really caught me off guard. Because it's like, yeah, with all the cool lines and the quotations and just watching like you know, the, the, like, uh, the, the crumbling of his family, but also at the same time, the rise of his empire. And just seeing him stack nothing but ridiculous, like sofa-sized like, mountains of cash. 135 mi- no, 150 plus million dollars and, is yeah. his last and just, count. And like looking at it and like, I can't imagine my wallet full of money. <laughs> yeah. And he was seeing that and he's like, that looks like a fucking modern art masterpiece, like some piece of furniture. And just watching Skylar doing her best to just like wrap it in plastic and like, okay, we, we are we are coming to a point where we can't spend this fast enough to explain things. Yeah, it's like, we have to stop now because we have literally too much money. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And then we, watching Huel just like lie on a bed of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So satisfying. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, that's when your morality gets questioned because it's like, what would you do? Would you stop or would you keep going? And, you know... I, I yeah. would... I would like to say that I would stop and then but no. go. But hubris would make you think otherwise. Yeah, yeah, because if I was smart, I would stop and then go to a non-traditional uh, country in South America and live like a fucking king. Literally, he just needs to cross the border. He's halfway there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I would say this, right? If you're really smart, get somebody else to do it. Yep. Just be the kingpin. Yeah. There we go. There you go. So, like, I would have been a better... Uh, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm chief medical science officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. at least make better crystal meth. I mean, thank you. <laughs> yes. That's in the, all the, the weirdest colors. compliment you've ever received. <laughs> you know what? I believe you make better meth than Heisenberg. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Even though Heisenberg's meth is technically uh, bullshit. It's TV meth. <laughs> it's biker meth. Biker meth. That biker low-grade meth. shit. Mine's is astronaut meth. It takes you into orbit. Yeah. Okay, so how about you, Mr. Toffee? What is your go-to episode? Well, I mean, all the key episodes, especially Salute and Face Off, they're the ones that actually showcase like what Gus could do. And even when his death, he still comes off like a charming kingpin, per se, in the end. But I believe when it comes to actually getting into the show, it was probably a t- toss-up between Phoenix and ABQ, which was on season two. It was a bit where um, Jesse's girlfriend died of the choking poison thing. Oh, yeah. And then the fallout that happened where the father, because he's got mesmerized by the death and everything. Mesmerized? He, I mean, you know, like trauma, traumatized <laughs> he's and everything. He's so, so traumatized. Uh, he's mesmerized ed- is, like, is, a, is a weird word. To use. Yeah. <laughs> okay, traumatized, basically, oh, from dead. the death mm-hmm. still. <laughs> yeah, that and was... then he ends up crashing the two planes and all that shit that you see at the beginning of each season. Yeah, that was, that was a up great together. payoff with some pretty awful TV CGI. Yeah. Oh, with the, the plane <laughs> the planes explode, yeah. yeah. You know, it it's not so much the destination, it's the journey itself, so especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, also, they didn't reach their destination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There learning later that all the episode titles were yeah. like leading up to, uh, you know, the call that the, the planes were making. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it also was the part where basically Skylar found out a bit about why Walter's acting funny after she gave birth and then that's when she started getting more and more involved. But this is the part where she freaked out, basically. One of those two episodes where Did she actually got the hint. Oh, when when was the moment where she confronted him about the phone? Was it season one it or season two? It was season two. Yeah. It was the episodes I mentioned, ABQ. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, this because he was standing... laughing in the trapdoor. Right? Oh no no, that was the third season. Okay. This no, one was no, when... that's the fourth season when he thinks he's about to die and he's just laughing because No, that's the end of the third season. Is it? Yeah. Okay. 
It was the one where it was when he was about to ask Jesse to kill off um, Gale. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I believe that was the episode that actually got me to actually be more invested in season three onwards because of just how everything would play out if his wife was actually in the fray as well. Yeah. I mean, kicking Walter out first and then eventually being the woman, you know, planning out his way of doing and laundering the money and being everything. Being the woman. That sounds like the laziest superhero ever. Mm, well, I just, you know, just taking, woman just taking control, basically. With the power of uh, multi-managing accounts. Yeah. <laughs> Managing accounts and stuff. And buying and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Any other stereotypes? Speaking as a feminist, I can say those things. <laughs> Okay, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is this is like the the catalyst that actually got me to actually watching this show. Uh, I like on how the using science terms, the catalyst. Yeah, again, not the strongest episode, but at least memorable to me. And it's that also not the strongest Lincoln Park song. What, that the catalyst? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Meteora? No, from uh, it was after, right? Sons. Okay, yeah, I haven't even heard that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, do you want to know a fun fact? Oh, what's that? Very tangential. Uh, there's this Very new, tendent- yeah, it's there's this new game called House Flipper, where you have to you know, flip houses and sell them on the market. Oh. And you can get uh, the White's house in... Um, Breaking Bad? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and okay. it comes with like uh, the pizza on the roof and like the empty swimming pool. When you say game, is it like a phone game? or a No, it's a full Steam game where okay. you go in and you have to like, you know, redecorate the house, get new furniture, knock down walls, build walls. Oh, that's cute. It's like The Sims, but with a purpose. Kinda. It's really boring fun. <laughs> boring fun. That's it was really boring fun because it's super nerdy and uh, I, like, I, I hate myself for enjoying it too much. Every Paradox title? No, I never played a Paradox title, so save me from that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I did play Europa Universal, Universalis because of your recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. I can never have those 40 What hours was the game you're talking uh, 40 about? 40 hours, Jesus. All right. Yeah, what was the game you're going to say? A PC building simulator. Oh, oh, I heard of that I one. That. Yeah. Have you seen that? I've seen, I've it. seen it. I, I played it. it and I'm like, oh my God, this is so ridiculously accurate for no reason at all. <laughs> especially especially <laughs> when it's like, when you're choosing video cards and then like you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but what motherboard would go with the color scheme? And then like, I'm looking like, what are my water cooling options? And it's like, and you have to worry about the ATX format to make sure things yeah! work. Mm. And it's like, you're like, oh shit, I bought the wrong case. <laughs> no, but it's, it's such a, uh, I hate to say it, but it's like, yeah, there's too much of a tangent. I'm sorry, but definitely, if you have too much free time and you love building PCs, but you can't afford them, PC building simulator. It's about Go twenty dollars it. on Steam. It's yeah. about twenty. That, yes, it's uh, probably the, the price of the mouse that <laughs> that came with <laughs> that you can only afford with whatever budget you have yeah. to build a PC. I mean, bring it back to Breaking Bad. I mentioned that to bit because it just shows how stuck in the zeitgeist Breaking Bad is. Yeah, yeah. everything was iconic from Heisenberg's look. And even the house as well, the White House. Yeah, I mean, the memes, the jokes, the references, like it's going to be part of our conversation about uh, media forever, really. You think so? Yeah. yeah. It's really good, solid, great television even. like I mean, like I mentioned before in the Avatar episode, that's a pretty damn awesome show as well for, for animated. Yeah. For live action, I'd say it's like up in my top 10. Where would you rank it? Like in terms of the best TV shows of all time? I'll kind of have to recall. I'll have to get back to you because I need to remember the other nine. But would it be in your top five? Definitely one of the five, yes. One definitely, of the five, but yes. not top three. Uh, not top three, but definitely top five or yeah, top ten. Yeah, same for me. It'll definitely be top five for I, me. Yeah, I think, yeah, top five for me as well. Like, what would beat Breaking Bad easily in your terms? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones beats Breaking Bad? Okay. Because I'm a high fantasy slut, so... 
you know, anything that has dragons and swordplay and shit would definitely, you know, just win my heart. I'm a titties slut. Is, sure. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Sex titty position. fan. Titty fan. Sex, sex position is my favorite position. Yeah. <laughs> sex position is my favorite position. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the thing is, like, okay, uh, Breaking Bad is not as good as The Wire. The Wire to me is still the mm. high watermark for dramatic television. Yeah. Hands down. And, like, what about even, Sopranos? Sopranos ended so dumb. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like. I didn't like the way it just got really like. Not only was it tying up loose ends, but like the plot lines got so lazy. Yeah, like I, I never got into Sopranos. I tried watching a few episodes, and I can appreciate that it's a good TV show. Yeah, but it's just like it feels like I'm watching Goodfellas over and over and over again. Yeah, it, just it, another version it of felt, it. Yeah. It fell on its tropes. Like probably for me, like one of my favorite crime dramas ever, all time uh, in history. Is still a crime story by Michael Mann, mm. starring Dennis Farina. It's like wow. It's like basically it's it's a, it's a mob gangster story, but okay. I think set in the I don't know. It, it's hard to attain at this point of time, but it, it is this is Michael Mann figuring his style out, and like seeing a young Dennis Farina still act like an old Dennis mm-hmm. Farina. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hmm, yeah. Probably like probably one of my favorite gangster shows on TV. What about Boardwalk Empire? No. Boardwalk Empire is fine. I, you know what? Thank Very you. strong first season, but I haven't seen much yeah, of it. Yeah, it teetered though. off because yeah. the thing is, like, when you recommended Peaky Blinders to me, I now prefer Peaky Blinders to Boardwalk Empire. Oh, Peaky Blinders is so good. Peaky Blinders is probably yeah, is but it's not, but it's not better than Breaking Bad. Mm. I would give Breaking Bad like in the terms of, like you know, high high drama. Uh, I I, th- I I'll give props to Peaky Blinders for being a good period piece. For sure, uh, with some of the best Bromi accents I've heard. True that. But like I have Bromi family, so. Nah, that, that doesn't affect close. me because the thing is like I was like for me Peaky Blinders and like uh, what Hits recommended Babylon Berlin are kind of oh. in the same category where like oh these are high concept period yeah. pieces but then like watching uh, Breaking Bad where it's a crime story a family drama uh, a story about an empire is like it's got so many facets and a bit of slice of life inside too with yeah. The family. Yeah. yeah all of a sudden like we cut to him like getting insurance yeah like, it's and like he knows when to actually go to high gear with his crime stuff, especially it's when like it wants to. Some of the best anime, yeah, pretty much. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, I okay. don't see the as in like, as in like maybe, t- maybe trying to get a so he dis- disparate, you know, themes and genres. Here we are killing thing. demons, and now we have the beach episode. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, Breaking Bad has his beach episode. Well, New Mexico's probably guy land- buried in the sand episode, or New Mexico buried in money in the sand episode. New Mexico's landlocked, so yeah, they okay. can't have a beach Nothing episode. Nothing but beach. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. sand, just sand, just sand. Miles and miles of sand. Yeah, sand castles in the sky for you, sir. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. I mean. I agree with you guys when it says like, you know what? I mean, testament to the show itself, like yeah. me watching it so late, like nearly 10 years after its inception is, wow, is, I'm so disappointed with myself for missing out when this was the thing to talk about. But I'm also glad because then I don't have like, you know, yeah, like again, I don't have the baggage of all these fanboyism's. Anymore. Yeah, thank yeah. God watch for it that. With pure eyes and it's like, you know what? I agree. Up there, high watermark for television and you know, it's it's also kind of this disheartening to think that AMC is kind of shitting the bed because like you watch what they're doing with like Walking Dead, or yeah, you know which is they're, they're kind of like the zombies that they're killing. It's actually worn out. It's welcome more or like, less. It's on season nine. That show, nine seasons. Okay. Jesus. That show to me. And they're finally killing off uh, Rick. Uh, Rick Grimes. Yeah. Rick yeah. Grimes. Really? Finally. Yeah. Who's and left from for season one? No one. So no one is left from season one. So Cuttle Bucket is finally. What's his name? Cuttle Bucket, right? Who? The actor. 
The guy who plays oh, Rick. Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln's, his real name is like yeah. something cute, like Scuttlebucket or something. Like his real English name. Oh, like oh, before he uh, changed Andrew Lincoln for your before, acting before purposes. He, yeah, before he joined Screen Actors Guild. I just yeah. remember when he revealed his like actual name. Like my name is like Cuttlebucket or something extremely English. Yeah, that's what I love. He has this best Southern drawl, and then when he's actually talking like a, why really? It's like you oh, see yeah. him in interviews, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he was the other guy in uh, Love Actually. Which yeah, guy? Right. Which guy? Um, he was the one with the hot for his best friend's uh, okay, wife. Wait, here's awesome. a clue. The other guy in Love Actually, not Colin Firth. <laughs> okay. I basically, think I know who he's talking about. Basically, yeah. he was lusting after Elizabeth Swan, who was married to uh, Baron Mordo. Hmm. Elizabeth Swan, as in Kira Knightley. Yeah. Okay. Married to Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, that guy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Love Actually is like the who's who of all these you know, powerhouse British actors who will go on to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. You think? Not the Harry Potter series. Fuck the Harry Potter series. It's full of non-famous people. Like Alan Rickman. Well, Alan Rickman was like, I think the biggest name. And Gary And Oldman. Hugh Grant was also <laughs> big at the time, I guess. And Ray Fiennes is in Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, they're also, you know, they're people who still do stage productions. It's not like Hollywood superstars. I think Alan Rickman's a Hollywood superstar, sir. Mm. Was, ba- was still pretty big, was he at he, the time? Alan Rickman was the bad guy no, in Die Hard. To show, <laughs> to show how he was still kind of humble, he was a teacher at my friend's drama school. Aww. Oh, okay, okay. You know what? He's a big fan of Samuel Beckett. Like he was a fan of Samuel Beckett. And like when I saw him do his, I didn't see him, but then like there was, I I, I used to own this DVD video of him doing Waiting for Godot. Fantastic delivery. It's like, oh, I'm sure. Wow. It's like Alan Rickman. I want him to read anything. You know what I mean? Like I'm so sad we we don't God have him bless, in this yeah. world anymore. R.I.P. Yes. I mean that was my favorite angel too from Dogma. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I am the Metatron. Megatron. Megatron. Metatron. 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 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Best uh, Kendall uh, appearance as well. That too. Yes. Well, oh yeah, when he reveals that. Yeah, he has no I genitals. Have, I have no genitals. And he can't imbibe in alcohol. We're talking about a Kevin Smith movie where we're supposed to be talking about Breaking Bad. Let's wrap this up. This is the last King podcast we have to talk about. Tangents are a thing. You're goddamn right. Yeah. (laughs) So. Thank you, Walter White. Yeah. So happy 10th anniversary to one of the best TV shows. That actually breaks breaks typecasting and character too. Yeah. That gets better when the seasons go on and ends on a higher note. Mm -hmm. Looking at you, Lost. It yeah. is yeah. It, it quit when it was a hit. It knew it didn't overstay its welcome. That's yeah. the best thing about the show. Yeah, I think that writer, the producer, writer Vince Gilligan actually got say to you actually end the show. Blows my mind. He's the guy who also did X Files. Yes, he did. That yes. says a lot, actually. And the thing is, the X Files is like one of my favorite shows from the nineties. And like X Files, I was an X File P H I L E. Yeah. Because not 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 just because of Agent Scully. Yeah. I, I love me some Alien of the Week kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And to think that he could do some high concept serious crime drama like this, is like, yeah. like this guy is probably a genius. I want to see what he does next. Well, it's like you know he knows how to do series too. I mean, X Files taught him that, right? Yeah, genre. Yeah. Do TV. Genre. Uh, flicks and TV shows tend to be the proving ground of you know the best directors. Look at Joss Whedon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at James Gunn. Well, James Gunn. James formerly did, James Gunn. He didn't no, have he did, he did movies show. only though. No, but he had trauma. Yeah, but you're talking about best. I'm talking. I'm talking about directors full stop. Like they tend to do genre shit, TV or mm. movies. Well, you can only look so far as you know Peter Jackson. Yeah. Remember when his early career? Oi. Well, shit, even Scorsese, Coppola, and Spielberg started with... Um, Corman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at Sam Raimi. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers used to work for Sam Raimi. Yes. Yeah. The Coen brothers were editors for the Evil Dead series. Did the you know that? first and second, right? I thought also, recall? that just reminds me just how old Sam Raimi actually is. Sam Raimi? He's been around since, yeah, like the early, late 70s, I think. Yeah. Like, Evil Dead was 80. I keep it was 79, 78, if I recall, the first Evil Dead. To me, he's perpetually in his 40s. But he's probably been his... L- late 60s early 70s now well I would still say it gave me the best Spider-Man that I enjoyed mm-hmm. and so, a pretty decent Wizard of Oz movie I didn't oh, like the Oz the Great and Powerful oh the one with James Franco James Franco yeah not a fan and Mila Kunis too I mean I enjoyed it that felt too much le- it felt less like a Oz sequel more like a, what was that that Wicked st- stage play oh Wicked it's just called yeah. Wicked yeah you know it's like it's like basically it felt like a film version of that rather than because the thing is like the Oz sequel already exists with freaking uh, Return to Oz Return to Oz starring what's her name uh, Fyra Bolt, right I think it's Fyra Bolt. Damn. yes yeah. yeah like that show was freaky you know like it was one of the, to me it felt like one of the last few uh, this is a, a, a kid's show that is meant to terrify kids. Yes. You know oh, what I mean? That, that I miss those, sh- I miss those kind of shows. That's crazy. Because yeah. like, if you were to say it something really like... It ex- exist anymore, does it? Sorry? Like just kids TV shows that just scare the shit out of kids. I mean like when you... you this when was you, when the PG meant like, oh, you need a parent for this. Yeah. Parents are going to really meant parent, sit here, watch it with your kid or they're going to have serious therapy issues later on. Do you know what the, the funny thing is about the PG? What? Why it's, like, it's added to a lot of movies? It's because basically if you bring a parent that promises an extra ticket. There <laughs> we go. So there's something very financial and kind of uh, you know malicious about all of that. But also, okay. I love how arbitrary the rules are for PG. You're allowed five shits and one fuck. And has to be a well-placed fuck. I mean, yeah. even Ready Player One had one fuck. Mission Impossible had a well-placed fuck as well. Which one? Fallout. When? Uh, Terry Cover says, what the fuck is going on? Oh, I kind of missed that. Mm. Yeah. He did say that? Yeah. And n- fuck is best said with a British accent, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know what? I will add to that. Fuck is best said with a British accent from a member of Monty Python. There we go. They yes. say it the best. So, okay, enough with the meandering. So, this has been the Last King Podcast uh, and our very special Breaking Bad 10-year anniversary tribute. Uh, some of the best television that exists then, now, and ho- probably in the future. And still on Netflix, so you gotta still watch it Still available if you want to binge. You know, if you ha- never had the chance to watch Breaking Bad, now is the best time to do it. I mean, sorry for spoiling it, but, you know. Again, you, you destination. Know, you had it coming, boys and girls. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so, okay, this has been uh, Chief Blue methodologist <laughs> Dr. Shafiq. This has been Chief Quartermaster Distributor Eccentric Tom. And this has been your uh, head cook, uh, Mr. Toffee. <laughs> head cook. And I'm out. Signing out. Signing out. Signing out.